Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz. (laughs) Matt's here. Producer Brett is here. It's Liz Loza, Matt Harmon, and producer Brett Raider. We are all very professional and very excited to do this mid-July show, right? Hell yeah. Gentlemen. Training camp season is pretty much here. Liz, hey, this is- I heard the drum beats happen in training camp. Uh, yeah, that's true. Is that something that happens, Matt? That's the thing that happens. And they crescendo throughout the course of the offseason, if it's something you should buy into, but you know. And what are you referencing? Uh, it's a p- new series that I'm writing yeah. for the website. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt has that series. There's a lot of, oh my goodness. So also, we are a very self-aware group of humans here at, not Yahoo Sports, but this pod group this, is yeah. a pretty yeah, self-aware yeah, group Definitely of let's not extend it too far <laughs> within the company. And I want to reference a mistake that I made last week and was horrified by because last week, and producer Brett doesn't know I'm doing this, so hi, uh, not on the my outline. My plans, <laughs> my plans, my best laid plans. So I said last week that Golden Tate was going to average 7.2 yards per reception. And when I said it, Matt's like face got funny, more funny looking than normal. And I was just like, what, what, why are you making a face? In my head, I didn't say that. And then I realized later on the next day, as I was doing some work and prepping for something we call fearless forecasts, I meant yards per target, not yards per reception. So Matt, you're allowed to call me out and be like, I don't think that the best after the catch receiver in the league is going to average 7.2 yards per reception. Well, I think but 7.2 yards per target in a small ball offense does make sense. Well, I mean, I, I think I just took it as damn, Liz is really taking a dig at this at this small ball offense. And like he's, you know, he's going to make like Jarvis Landry blush with his low yards per reception here. So really, I mean, the shock, I think, was less from like, well, Liz, you really screwed that one up to more like, damn, Liz, sticking the knife in the Giants one more time, Uh, which, you know, I'm always okay with. No, it was it was yards per target, not yards per reception. And all will be fixed when we do record our fearless forecasts and release those. We're doing preseason fearless forecasts. Our, our, I'm doing 10 running backs and 10 wide receivers for the entire season, what we think, assuming health they will. Um, and if it is a non-durable player, we will bake that into the equation as well. Matt, you are doing how many? 25 wide receivers. receivers. I mean, I'll tell you what, Liz. Like You, you tell know. me what, Matt. You tell me. <laughs> do you know, I... Th- Never mind. Uh, that's like a that's like a southern thing to do. Like tell you what, and then like not say anything. Be like, well, what do you? 
tell me what? Like, I don't know. Anyways, I tell you what, Liz. This <laughs> this was the first week that, you know, like I said, training camp is here. It's what I like to say is like this is the wave that, that pretty much takes you under right about now. And you, we pop back up in January, like where the hell the last five months go. But this was the first, I woke up at one point this week and like looked at the ceiling and thought about all the things that I had to do. And I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm stressed. And like that, I haven't felt this way in some time. Huh. How you feel about the season coming? I'm excited, but also. I don't know. I go through waves of like lots of excitement because I'll start digging into something and, and find equations. And then I'll also um, when I look at the calendar of items, I start to feel a little bit of dread. But also I have been having so much damn fun in my off time. Yeah. That. I think that's part of the problem. Like, I, I have so much to do because I'm not working on the weekends yet. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I It is probably to the detriment of many other things that I continue to have this much fun, but... I'm still, like, not, we're still, YOLO, like... YOLO, man. True. We're still, like, nine to five, you know, punching the clock. Like, all right, I'm off the clock. See you guys. Like, not working, you know. Not answering emails after hours. Yeah, not answering emails after hours. Certainly not uh, working, uh, you know, working the phones. Uh, certainly not writing articles, anything like that. I'm just like, I'm home. I'm not doing any of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think just – let's just put it this way. Camp is starting, Liz, but we might not be in the best shape of our lives. I don't know. I have a Peloton. You do have you do have a Peloton. <laughs> I'm in pretty damn good shape. I Blanco appears to have a pel- like two Pelotons. Speaking of good shape, yeah. people who are in good shape post on Thirst Trap Thursday. Well, I mean, present company <laughs> included. Me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm talking about you. You just said you're in great shape. <laughs> I mean, if you would go to at Liz Lowe's underscore FF, there are some uh, pictures that my mother was texted me about on the Instagram. So... <laughs> You know, she was very much like Lizzie. When- you, you had a great trip to the beach. I did have a good summer. trip. It was Multiple beach trips. season. What can yeah. I say? You know, also, I didn't take that picture. So let's talk about <laughs> that picture was texted to me. So nice. um, it is Thursday. It is in honor of Thirst Trap Thursday. We are going to talk about some players that are too that the fantasy managers are too thirsty for. So in other words, they're being overvalued. Um I I want to start with or maybe we'll determine, Matt and I will determine and discuss whether they're overvalued, but it feels like people real high on them and for what? So I'm going to start with Green Bay Packers slot receiver Geronimo Allison. It was confirmed per uh Rob Domofsky, who's the Green Bay beat writer for ESPN, that Allison's, quote, main focus is expected to be in the slot. Okay, that's great, right? But um, is he any good in the slot? I mean, are we going to – he's six foot three, almost 200 pounds, 196. He's only spent 12% of his time, admittedly because of Randall Cobb's presence on right. the team over the past two years. 12% of his snaps over the past two years, back-to-back seasons. Has he been in the slot? Also, last year when Cobb was inefficient slash hurt, it was MVS that manned yeah. the slot 41% of the time. So if you're looking for a big slot receiver, MVS was that guy last year. Again, Allison was banged up as well, so... I'm sure availability factored into that, but do we care? Are we so sure that GMO is going to be that guy? I know that we want to go after, in theory, Packers receivers and the number two guy, but 
I don't know, like, he's wide receiver 37 right now. You're getting him in the eighth round. MVS, you're getting a round later. Yeah. I would rather at that spot maybe take Larry Fitzgerald instead, who seems like a pretty intriguing value despite being 36 years old, um, or any of those those drumbeat running back guys, like the Royce Freemans or the Ronald Jones, because I don't know where else you're going to find some running backs after that. I don't even know where you're going to find them like a few rounds before that. It's, the fifth round, yeah. It's gross from like fifth round to eighth round. But um, yeah, I think I'm with you that I would just rather take the cheaper one of these two, like from a bottom line fantasy perspective. And also, you know, it, it is interesting because MVS spent more time in the slot last year. But I also think like, after going back and reviewing Geronimo for reception perception, I was like, this guy can't really play outside. Like, I know he put up some numbers last year, but I don't think he's that type of separator. So I think if he was going to play somewhere, it would have to be inside. And that just means that MVS, who I think probably does have the skills to win as an outside receiver. Has the more way, versatility. Yeah, the way, I think he's just more athletic. He's a better separator, has more theoretical upside as a player. So I think that's why you stick him outside is that, you know, X flanker move him around type of thing with whatever Devontae Adams is doing. But I think there's a chance to just I think there's a pretty good chance that just neither of these guys really they matter. Cannibalize each other. Too. Yeah, they just really don't neither one of them matter all that much because you know if you think about Matt Lef- I don't like to go back and look at like, oh, this is what this coach has done. Like this coach like the ex the number one receiver always thrives in the Shanahan based offense. Yeah, well, that's because they had, like, Andre Johnson and Julio Jones. Like, mm-hmm. no kidding, you funneled targets to those two guys. They're, like, legendary talents. I think Devontae Adams is now, at this point, like, a legendary talent. I, I wonder if this just ends up being a situation where, really, we care about three players from this offense because none of these guys end up being good enough. And those enough. three players are Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Jones and, and Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. And just no one else really matters all that much, at least from a consistent basis. But it's worth taking the shot that they do. And when you do take that shot, I'm with you. You take it. You take the cheaper one. Do you want to go next? Sure. I I mean, I picked out plenty of freaking players I think people are too thirsty for. But my number one guy, I think, is Darius Geis, um, whose stock has kind of fallen a little bit. But right now, he's like a fifth. He goes his, – his range of outcomes is where he's going to go in and draft is, is pretty – well, his range, his draft range is pretty wide. Right now, he's like listed places as like a fifth round pick. But when I've been doing best ball drafts and stuff, sometimes he can go in the seventh round or something like that. Because now there was some positive news today. They said his inj- his hamstring injury is not really a concern anymore. But we can assume that it was the result of uh, overcompensation from the ACL injury that had numerous yeah. setbacks to uh, it. Yeah, I mean, there's not been like one piece of good news since he got hurt. Like there was the infection thing. There was all this other stuff going on. You know, also, like, by the way, Adrian Peterson is still there. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson sometimes in best ball drafts goes in like the double digit rounds. I'm like, I'll he take- was the best value, it, the best value in drafts last season per the numbers. Yeah, because like he was, I, re- I can remember sitting at a like a summer party last year doing a draft. And like, this is when Adrian Peterson just visited Washington. What kind of party was that? I mean, it was at a mutual friend's house. Wasn't that cool? Uh, but uh, so I was like, all right, cool. Let me, uh, like, uh, it's 14th round. Adrian Peterson, sure. He's visiting Washington this week. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those type of situations. But also, like, he might not have passing down work, Darius Geis, because of Chris Thompson. He might not have the bulk of the early down work. And oh, by the way, this offense might be complete trash. Like it's the Trey Quinn offense, baby. Yeah, like we're getting excited about <laughs> Trey Quinn because he could fall ass backwards into like eighty catches at seven seven point two a pop. That kid's good though. 
Sure. Cool. Fine. fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't dis- I don't disagree with you on that. I'm just saying like this is what we're talking about with this offense. It might be a really bad offense. You generally don't want to associate your running backs with bad offenses and you definitely don't want to you really don't want to have these two down early down running backs that don't have passing down work and if they if they don't even have the bulk of that like Andrew Peterson's not there to just, you know, pick Mentor. his pick his wedgie or anything like that. Well, he needs the money. He's from gonna, what I understand. Yeah, he's going to be playing. So what are we like? Why would you even at this point? Why would you even draft Darius guys? There's not uh, unless you. The only thing you could say is like I really liked him in college, but that is not a reason to pick somebody in fantasy. Agreed, especially given all of the stumbling box blocks that he has had. And we, didn't we do a podcast when I got off the plane and somebody was like, "Are you thinking this is a nice value?" I'm like, I'm not messing with the Redskins. Like, what do you, what do you, or the Washington Football Team? Oh yeah, the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. Oh, man, you were. Uh... <laughs> He were on fire <laughs> on that one. But, yeah, I mean, like, who do you want to draft on this team? Like, I, I will tell you, I will I will confess, I've drafted a little bit of Jordan Reed here and there because, like— Out of desperation, well, sure. Because it's the super, tight, In tight end premium. T- tight end premium. Yeah. And, like, it's the—he goes in, like, the 14th round. So I'm going to have another thirsty—a a player that people are thirsty for, and it's Daryl Henderson. Because what the F has he done, y'all? Well, nothing. He's nothing. He's a rookie. rookie. Like that is the point. Like, what are you seeing? You are basically here. Here's what I have. Okay, I, I I get it. He was one of the. You know, I how much I liked him heading into the draft. A really tough player. Um, nice underdog grit to his game. He has some like speed to fly around the edge, and he's good in space. Average almost really nine productive yards in college. Yeah. All, the whole thing. But basically, his rise, his meteoric, it feels like, yeah. rise of draft boards is in direct correlation to the fear people have surrounding Todd Gurley, cowards. And so I oh, would say, oh, oh, oh. a little bit, a little bit, but I would say, you know what's even more interesting than that? Uh, is there another running back that's a rookie going Two to three rounds later, who is running behind another veteran running back with knee issues on a run-friendly team? There sure is. His name's Damian Effing Harris, and he's going in the 10th or 11th round. And Sony Michelle is not the most durable running back in the world. And guess what? And the Patriots are going <laughs> are to run the ball. Just as juicy a of a situation. Butt. A whole a whole butt? A whole, whole, <laughs> a whole ass. It's a whole ass running situation <laughs> that they've got there. So I'm confusing Thirst Trap Thursday and Peach Season. Excuse me. Um, so, Ass on the brain. Anyway, it blows my mind that Daryl Henderson, that they're, the, the, and also, hey, Malcolm Brown's still there. The, the Rams matched an offer sheet to Detroit to keep Malcolm Brown. I am going to throw out John Kelly's name, much to the detriment of my own. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about relevant players. But anyway, there is no sure thing about Daryl Henderson, and he is going in the seventh round. He's the RB33 right now. It's aggressive. Like, I-, I will say that I've, in that range of running backs, you know, fifth to eighth round, there's been a couple times when Henderson's gotten to the eighth or the late seventh that I have wanted to take that stab in a best ball situation. But I mean, if you're talking about guys here you know from that fifth to to eighth round range like he's one of the few that could just end up being a stone zero like right you got Rashad Penny at the same place you got Latavius Murray if you want to lean into all that if you want to copy and paste why don't you copy and paste some like Mark Ingram Latavius Murray stuff I don't think it's fair but you can do that or 
reach for a wide receiver because you've got two of your boys, Dante Pettis and Christian Kirk, going around the same place there. I, I would just not mess with this position. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, you uh, like, I think the guy I'm like most excited about to take in this range is Tevin Coleman. Sure. <laughs> like, what am I doing here, you know? I don't think that that's horrible. I don't think so either, but it still could be a – it could end up being a very mercurial backfield. Give me another one, Matt. Oh, God. I mean, again, give let's – one more. One or two more. more. You can give me two. Whatever you want. I'll go, let's go two more because this one I feel pretty passionate about. Austin Eckler, you know, he's like going into the seventh round range. Oh, and this is a, such a too. knee-jerk reaction as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like – This is Kevin Olgatry. Yeah, like you think – you really think – do we really think Melvin Gordon's not showing up for game checks? I don't think so. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. And then when he does, you've spent a seventh round pick on a guy that you're never going to want to start. Like, he, you're never going to want to start. Like, he, he's going to have his weeks. We, we know that with Austin Eckler. He'll be in the, pretty much the same position that he was in last year. And you're still kind of betting on big-time efficiency because he's been over five yards of carry two years in a row with explosive passing game ability. And, like, yeah, Eckler's a good pick but not in the seventh round i mean again like what are you doing here yeah i mean you can also get ronald jones who's another one of those drumbeat players around the same place but i i think the lesson we are doing this long mock this never-ending mock although i think it officially ended today um which like by the way there's been several (laughs) times in that mock that i've been like god where the hell are all the good players well we all know them yeah we all have our guys like there was a moment that I was like, uh, I could reach for Curtis Samuel here because, like, I know a blurb I'm going to write. But, like, Matt's going to pick after me. So I'm not going to, like, pick. I, I, like, gave him to you. Thanks. I appreciate that because I'm like, well, I guess I'm taking Curtis Samuel here in the seventh I knew <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I, I want to take him because I know exactly what I'm going to say and it would make my life easier. But I mean, I took, a gift. I took Golden Tate in the 10th round. It was just like, God, I hate, I'm like, I just bored myself with this pick. Yeah. It's not great. Not great. But I think the lesson is what, what Matt has said last week and what we're reiterating today, which is rounds five through eight. Like, you got to hit running back early. Yeah. But like, at the same time, I love hitting the, this is, we're writing these positional preview things, right? And I have the receiver one. Yeah. We're, we're, I haven't started yet, but we're supposed to be writing them for next week. It's tough because I'm writing the receiver position and like, it does make sense to hit running back early because the pool dries out and becomes so disgusting so quickly. But I really love hitting the receiver position early because you can grab like AJ Green and plus, you know, in Stephon the third Diggs. round though. Right. So, so I guess the, the take is you can still get Keenan Allen. People are sleeping on Keenan yeah, Allen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I guess the, I guess the, the advice here is your first round pick, even the first round though, like, do you really want to take, any of the running backs past David Johnson? I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to. Take... I mean, I've taken. I took Devonte Adams. Like at the yeah. si- at the sixth. Spot. You and I are on the same page. I think with Adams that like when you get to six through eight, eight, that's who you're kind of hoping for. Yeah. Sometimes Hopkins, sure, but like not really. Try- I guess like I'm so I'm comfortable. Not, I'm not touching Kelsey though. I'm really trying to avoid that. Uh, okay. I haven't done it once. I mean, I get. I it. haven't. I haven't either personally, but I can see the. I logic can see it. I just it. don't want to do it. I got. I'm not trying to take. Le'Veon Bell. I'm not trying to take James Conner. I'm not trying to take Joe Mixon. Like, none of those guys I want to go in the first round. Not trying to take Todd Gurley. Like, yeah. So, to me, I think I want to get two wide receivers before leaving the fourth round. But if you go running back and then you kind of come back in the fourth round with running backs, 
it's also, it gets a little bit murky. You're looking at like David Montgomery. And I've taken David Montgomry a couple times in the fourth round. I don't feel great about it. But but, but I, if you're stuck taking a wide receiver in the first round, then you like I did that. And then I had to go running back, back to back. And so I ended up with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. I don't hate that. We'll talk about Leonard Fournette in our next segment, but um, I don't hate that. I don't hate it either, but it forced me to reach for Lamar Miller yeah, because yeah. I needed some stability. Which, you know, no one wants. No, to I don't. I mean, talk that. about putting yourself to sleep. Yeah, right. Snooze fest. So, but. And I don't like reaching for a player to, like, force balance. Right. Anyway, it's a constant ecosystem. You had one more. One more I wanted to say. And I know we both like this player a lot, so it kind of hurts me that I, I think I'm off him on in fantasy this oh, year. Okay. It's Kenny Galladay. Sure. Because, number one, I hate the offense. Really hate the offense. I like on Johnson, too, but I'm really not trying to take him. You know, Galladay is right now, you know, a, a fourth-round pick. In, in PPR or half PPR or whatever. And I don't really like any of the players in the fourth round all that much. Brandon Cooks is available in the fourth round. I'd much rather have Brandon yes, Cooks yes! than Kenny Galladay. I'd rather, I think I'd rather have, see, and then you get into this kind of question too. Like, do you want in the, in the, in the second, the round after that, do you want to take the high volume? Maybe in terms of target share, Kenny Galladay will probably be up there, but in terms of raw volume, maybe not so much. Do you want to take the number one in a, most likely trash offense in Kenny Galladay a tr- tr- that wants to run the ball, or do you want to take the number two in a more high-flying offense? That would be like Chris Godwin in the following round. That would be like Cooper Cup in the following round. Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams. Those are guys going in the I don't round. think Mike Williams is necessarily the number two he's, anymore. He's not a guy I'm, I'm drafting either. Oh, I like him. Oh, really? I, I, not like, that it, him. Not a, I like him, but not at his price. Mm. I mean, I think he is the he's the downfield weapon now for the Chargers. And if you look at Keenan Allen's production, who I still think is is the wide receiver one, it's most of the like shorter yeah. stuff. And and actually Keenan Allen's plays over 40 yards have diminished a lot from 2017 to 2018. So he's no longer that big play guy because you've got Mike Williams. I understand that whatever. We could get into this later, but I think you pose an interesting question. So Kenny Kenny Galladay, I am also off on, but to the earlier point, like Brandon Cooks is available there. Brandon Cooks, do you know, this was a fun fact, that he has averaged the same target share or same number of targets in back-to-back seasons. So even with Cooper Cup out, his volume remained consistent. And it was Woods who saw the giant uptick, obviously because they moved him from Mm -hmm. the outside to the inside and back and forth. But like Cooks is the field stretcher in the offense. That's what he's always been since New Orleans, New England, Los Angeles. Like there are going to be some weeks that he totally bangs you. But I'll take that ceiling in a roller coaster, I guess. And last year, I think, was by like unarguably his best year as a pro from a raw stats perspective, from a play on field pers- yeah, perspective. route running perspective. And all, I think a lot of it was just usage, too. Like this was the first time in reception perception where you really saw him post, you know, numbers way out of the basement. And I think a lot of that was because of the routes that Sean McVay assigned him, which was to get the speed more in space get the speed more on crossing routes in breaking routes as opposed to long developing outside routes and that's not this i'm not taking a dig at josh mcdaniels or, or, or um uh, sean payton in new orleans but i just think optimal usage wise i think the, the rams well, really found and it and it was a maturation it sounds sure. like as well it's um very possible oh those rams they are looking good again, too. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, let's talk. Hey, you just talked about the Bears last podcast. I know. And then, like, look at them trying. They look at them trying, but then the Rams are end up just being so stupid sexy. And I don't know. It's tough. It is tough, man. Um, no proclamations. Just rooting for you who you want to root for. 
man. Can't be tied down. That's right. Let's talk about the weekend I had. Speaking of not being tied down, <laughs> that yeah. was an interesting. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, why were you there? Uh, why? Why? What do you? Where mean? were you? I was in Comic Con. I was in San Diego at Comic Con. All right. I guess everyone else isn't keeping up with your life like I am. I know um, we plugged your your Instagram at the beginning of the show, but we, you know, in case a listener hasn't, you know, gone onto Instagram yet, say where you were. You're I was at Comic Con yeah. in San Diego. I took the train down on Friday and I returned on Sunday. The train. How was that? It was fine. I'm a fan of trains. I like trains. Like I'm a, I'm I love a, the metro here in LA. You know, it's like when it got popped downtown. Can we just quickly, quickly <laughs> hit up Big Little Lies? The train set. Something just for my third week in a row talking <laughs> about Big Little Lies. But he hasn't set. seen it. I am. I'm I know. still. Just, I'm still wondering why people tell people, me I'm Reese on that show. So I don't, I don't know. know. Just you know, it. people I, who watch the show. Well, Reese kind of has a. The nice, train set is on my mind. mind. Yeah, Continue. yeah. I get it. I get it. That was. The train set had one of the biggest arcs of the entire yeah. season of yeah. Big Little Lies. Is Bonnie still there at the end? Because, gosh, Con- she is well, annoying. Well, get back, let's go back to Comic-Con because, dear listener, we actually are tying this into fantasy football. Okay. Mm, we'll so see. I was at Comic-Con. Um, what do you mean, why was I there? Why were you there? I was there to to see famous people. <laughs> I hung out with Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's a true story. Nice. Yeah. No, I just was wondering. I don't. I didn't know if you went for work reasons or personal reasons or. I was invited to hashtag go. Brand reasons. Oh, gross, Matt. I just. That's super gross. I'm just. Why I'm would you ever asking. about me? But I didn't think so. That's why I'm like, why are you there? I went there to have a good time, and there I did go. have a good time. But Harmon, I did not see you in Hall H for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Four announcement last weekend. No, you did not. I'm. I was stunned. What do you mean? I'm not. I'm not. Not into any of this. Bullshit. What do you mean? You're such a dork. No. Yeah, but I'm a dork. But not. This isn't my dork realm. I'm not into like the Comic Con scene. What is that to you? Like the superhero movies, like video games, all that type of stuff. It's just not really. I did discover that at E3. Yeah. No. Um, See, like that was that was enough. That was my (laughs) one for. Uh, I'm not great at video games. We discovered that in E3 <laughs> as well. And I, I don't know much about the comic books. Um, but I am excited that Black Widow is getting her own movie. That's Scarlett Johansson's character, right? Yeah, she's so hot. Um, yeah, can confirm. And the villain is going to be Taskmaster. And I bring up the villain because I feel like Taskmaster, by the way, I had to Google this in full. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what that means. Uh, is that me? Is that me just assigning research for the podcast? Do I'm, your tasks. No, <laughs> the Taskmaster is a, um, he is a expert of mnemonic device. So he's able to pick up things immediately and then crush the competition with whatever that thing is. Like he watched one football game and then like became like the starting quarterback for his high school, you know, like. So he's, he's like that annoying friend of yours that just like is good at everything that he tries. But like super powered. Yeah. Yeah. I had my best friend was that when we were. Evan? No, no, no. Shout out to Evan. College college roommate Evan. Uh, Um, But uh, best friend growing up, Andrew. Anyway, I think that having villains is an interesting thing because We've talked before about hashtag burnt takes, right? Where players have fallen because you're like, no way, that guy hurt me last year, so I'm not going to draft them. Yeah. And so why are you grinning? Because I appreciated you using this in the blurb for the mock draft on when you drafted David Johnson. I saw that and I was like, 
Hell yeah, Liz. Ugh, so gross. It's almost as bad as Frye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is worse than Frye. So I looked at these players' ADP, and I want to discuss with you, Matt, whether these villains of fantasy are worthy of redemption or like totally deserve to be buried and when we say villains of fantasy because as usual liz well, i'm came, not talking about tyree kill right that's what i wanted to make clear to the listener is that because as usual liz i believe this is your idea right the <laughs> villains of fantasy as usual liz comes up with a great idea and then her dip does not articulate her, her, it well no, no, no i was just gonna <laughs> say her dip co-host is like what does that mean now? And then when you explain it to me, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll tell you something. Let me tell you. Know, Let me I'll tell you. It's, tell you what. <laughs> tell you what. Tell you what. Pause. What? What? What are you telling me? So I'll tell you what. Corey Davis is the wide receiver 39. He's being taken in the ninth round of half PPR 12 team drafts. He is a wide receiver one admittedly on a team that is trash and sure he has disappointed since being drafted fifth overall in 2017 part of that was injury actually I would argue maybe all of that is injury perhaps not just his own rookie year it was his own but then you know the nerve issues that Mariota had Blaine Gabbert just sort of being like an injury in ethos and existence (laughs) (laughs) and then I, the engine has not turned over here. Um, yeah. Nine end zone targets, four touchdowns, seven targets per game, four caught balls per week on average. Yeah. That sucks. If you look, if like many times last year, I felt like if you looked at Corey Davis from a like percentage of team targets, percentage of team red zone, end zone targets, as you mentioned, average depth of target percentage of air yards all that like the peripheral numbers were all like this is a wide receiver one for fantasy but the results never came yeah i think he was like wide receiver 27 28 overall yeah just a guy you never really wanted to to use he had like one blow-up game or something a couple of blow-up games but not much to speak of and it's tough because i have found myself not Jazzed. When you put Corey Davis on the list, it made me think because when you see where he goes in drafts, I mean, he's going around guys like Kiki Cutie, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf. None like, of those are number one. Give me, yeah, give me a break with these guys. Like, right. you're if you're, when we're talking about volume projection, Davis should outkick them all. You could even look at guys ahead of him, Geronimo Allison, Sammy Watkins. Ah, well, I think Sammy Watkins is still living is is living off like the. Pre Tyree Kill, yeah. which like if you, I wanted to actually, I thought about putting Sammy Watkins on this villains list as the guy who's burned everybody a hundred times. Like, and is he worthy of redemption? And the question, and the answer would be no, because like, hey, if you drafted, if you drafted Sammy Watkins on the hope that he was going to be the number one receiver, and when Tyree Kill was gone, number one, uh, jokes on you in a couple of ways because obviously Tyree Kill is going to play, but also. You drafted Sammy Watkins on the hope that he would do something. And, like, Sammy Watkins at this point in his career is what he is. So, I don't know. But I actually compared Corey Davis to, like, peak Sammy Watkins coming out. Like, the 2015 version of Sammy Watkins, sorry, when he was actually good. I thought Corey Davis could be, like, that type of player. It just hasn't really happened yet. Well, Alshon Jeffrey is going at the end of the sixth, right? Like, I feel like Corey Davis should be going around there. Looking, yeah, yeah. Next to Dante Pettis, Robbie Anderson, like that, if if we're talking volume, yeah, I mean, if, you're, if we're talking volume, I think 
And he was the wide receiver 27 last year. Like a wide receiver 30 to 33 space feels fair for Corey Davis. So are you willing to take Corey Davis? I ain't taking him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are we even doing here? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying like... Maybe, maybe this is a, uh, maybe I'm, this is a flaw in my own being, right? Like I'm, I'm already ascribing this player characteristics. Right. But that's not when you dig into the data, a fair analysis. See, I think when you watch him, I think he's been an average player. But that doesn't mean he will always be an average but, player. But average player, there are plenty of average players who produce in fantasy. This isn't an IRL comp. No, I, I sure. And I just think then the problem comes down to, Stomach ability? No, I think the problem comes down to what's around him. Like, if he was an average player in a good offense with a good quarterback. There's a whole lot around him now. Yeah, there's a lot around him. So all these volume projections that we're talking about, they might not even be true. Do we think he'll see over 100 targets next year? This year? I haven't done projections for the Titans yet, but I bet you I will not project him for 100 targets. He had, a, like, 111 last year. I think I'm going to—I think I've done league-wide projections, and I think I have the Titans for the— uh, the least pass attempts in the NFL because they love Derrick Henry so much. Because I love Derrick Henry so much, and they love Derrick Henry so much. They've said like they want to run their offense mm-hmm. through Derrick Henry. Um, and why wouldn't that's the one player you know on this team is good is Derrick Henry. Also, Arthur Smith or whatever the offense new offensive coordinator has pretty much said we want to be a run first team. Mm-hmm. So I think that I believe them. They also don't have a good quarterback. All right. So I that, that's just like it, there's. So many ways you can talk yourself around with Corey Davis, which – so I guess we don't think he's really – he's probably going to outkick wide receiver 39 on the season. That's it. But he's, not by much. Like you – if you're looking in that range, I think there's a scenario – like you, we talked about where, like right after the Alshon Jeffrey range. That's where like Dante Pettis and Christian Kirk mm-hmm. and like Allen Robinson are going. I think all of those guys have reasonable scenarios to way outkick their ADP. I don't think that Corey sure. Davis does. Fine. Okay. Give me one of your villains – so I'll go with my biggest name one first, which was Leonard Fournette. Oh, and sure. And Leonard Fournette, I think, is really interesting because he's he was bad. He was bad last year. He was bad and really pretty much bad when he played. I think he was. And then obviously we we have all the off field stuff. We have all the injury stuff, of course, all the things that naturally come with Leonard Fournette. But talking about volume projection like when he was on the field they tried to get him involved in the pass game too like he wasn't just a two down banger so and now tj yeldon's gone yeldon was kind of the more established pass catcher of the two um they had that rookie that people are excited about who i think began that began the um training camp on on the pup Ryquel something armstead Ryquel arms like nyquil nyquil uh, armstead or whatever he's already put to sleep Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, like, I, I was asked on a podcast last week, like, are you in on the Leonard Fournette, like, rebound experience? And my answer immediately was, like, probably Ooh. not. But the more I thought about it, maybe. Maybe. Because – but then I think you have to ask yourself the question, same thing as what we just did with the Titans. Like, is this offense going to be any good? Is this team going to be any good? I mean, we know that their defense is going to be better than last year. Yeah. Okay, I can imagine a bounce-back scenario for the defense. I'm not talking that they're going to bounce back to a top two no. or three squad, but there's going to be a, should be a, a rebound. Top, top eight. Their quarterback you know. has gotten better. He may not be consistent, but he's gotten better. We've talked about Keelan Cole, right, and how there were moments. He owned Eric Rowe week two of the 2018 season. That is a thing that happened. That we There's tape on it. Um, Look at the video. D.D. Westbrook is pretty good. 
sure. He's good at his role. Yeah. Terrell Pryor can always can always splash his way in Chris, and out of it. Your boy Chris oh, Conley is there. <laughs> I was waiting. Marquise <laughs> Lee's back. No, he's Ooh. hurt. Well, of course. I mean, of course he's the white, hurt. The white elephant? Albino Al, 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 tiger. Al, 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 <laughs> So Marquise Lee is hurt. But I think the key to Leonard Fournette is going to be his durability. Are the soft tissue issues fixed? Also, it was at the top of last year. Like there's there's a very likely scenario in which he's fine for the first month of the season and then things go sideways, right? He could even make it through the first eight weeks of the season. So, you know, the same is true for... Dalvin Cook and Carrion Johnson and other players who are being drafted in similar Marlon Mack. Like he's a super volatile pick. And yeah, I think that when you're thinking about guys you're clicking on in that same range, Mack, Devonta Freeman, Derrick Henry, Carrion Johnson, Josh Jacobs, those are the other third round running backs. I think Leonard Fournette is the only one of those guys that actually has access to like tier two running back ceiling. I don't know if the in other his guys number do. of probable in outcomes. his range of possible outcomes, I don't think Henry has that because of past game usage. Freeman maybe, Mac no because of past game usage, and Carryon Johnson no because he plays for the Lions. All fair. All right, can I talk about one more? Of course. His name is Devin Funches. He's the wide receiver, fifty-four. Twelve. Is he round. going after Paris Campbell or a little bit before? Around the same spot. So the issue is, oh, Devin Funches, like, we're not sure he's been good, although he was kind of good. In 2017, he was legitimately good. So that that did happen. And then 2018, like, things just blew up. There was no Calvin Benjamin. Like, things just went sideways. Well, I think what happened there was they decided midway through the year, we're not re-signing Devin Funches. Let's start getting Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore involved. And that just pretty much meant completely removing Funches from the offense. And phasing him out. And so now he's in Indianapolis, and I'm seeing all of these blurbs about how it's such a crowded receiving core. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, is it that? You got T.Y. Hilton, then you've got Deion Kane, who's not going to be back to health fully until mid-November, according to reports, right? Then you've got Paris Campbell, who's a rookie, mm-hmm. and we're not really sure of his usage. And then, yes, you have like a thousand tight ends, yeah. of which Devin Funches is basically one at times. So I- I'm I'm not quite sure how—I how, mean, Chester Rogers drew 75 flipping targets last year. Yeah, Like, I don't think Devin Funches is— if we're looking for late round flyers, like what do you what do you want in a late round flyer? You want a guy who has flashed in the past, is attached to an ascending offense. The Colts threw the second most, or Frank Wright called the second most passing plays in the league last year, yeah, and that's could, with an improved defense. This right because Frank Wright, I think, is a smart NFL coach, and like you know how normally coaches when they have a quarterback who's injured or whatever, they're like, let's take. Let's, you know, take the ball, take the air out of the ball. We'll run the ball more. But, like, Frank Reich was like, no, no, no. What we're going to do is get the ball out of our quarterback's hand quick. Real we're going to throw a lot of short Time passes. Time to throw stats were unbelievable. Yeah, because when you, leave, when you leave your quarter, when you run the ball a bunch, you end up in second and third and long, and then your quarterback gets slammed in those situations as opposed to if you're matriculating the ball down the field and short at passing game. Yeah, what's up? There you go. They're right, they're right by each other, Devin Funch and Paris They're going Cam. back to back. I think this is a talk about – drumbeat situations cool how i did that on the table uh that you really want to like pay attention in camp to like who's the true one and two the distribution here because i agree like funches could easily have 
a 700 yard five to six touchdown season in an offense that very well may lead the NFL in pass attempts. Give me one more. Are we done? No, no, no you have you have a couple more or one more. My, one. my other one is Marquise Goodwin at wide receiver 57, 13th round. Look, I think he's a good player. I think he's more than just a speed receiver, but even if he is just a deep threat, that's pretty valuable. We're all super excited about Dante Pettis. There's this giant gap between Pettis and Goodwin, but Goodwin, I think, heads into camp as the clear number two receiver here. I don't think there's competition from Jalen Hurd, from Debo Samuel and these guys. Like I think they're going to play roles, but I think that Marquise Goodwin is out there as the number two receiver, which, you know, he's like the third or fourth pass catcher when you factor in George Kittle and the running backs. But, like, he's going to have weeks. From a best ball perspective, he's like the slam dunk double-digit round pick because you know he's going to have weeks. If this offense takes the steps that it should, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not that big. Like, if there's – I think the gap between the ADP of Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin will be wider than the fantasy finish of Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. I think that's a fair – assessment i think again this is an injury dip right like this yeah. is a, a lack of health oh, dip. Yeah. but i do think it's a make... burnt it's a hashtag burnt he hurt my feelings <sighs> last year because i took him in like the sixth round and he got hurt and i think you bring up a good point though um you charted him in 2017 uh, yeah this is based on just my naked eyeballs watching like not i don't have a methodology about much of anything but but he looked like he uh, had evolved as a route runner and yeah. uh, like he went from being an Olympic sprinter to a football player, to a wide receiver. Yeah. And that chemistry, I know people will fall back on this analogy a lot. I mean, this analysis a lot, but the chemistry between Marquise Goodwin and Jimmy Garoppolo was legit. Mm-hmm. That was real. So, yeah, I think that I think that he's a good bet to take in that range. All right. So just bottom line, when we're talking about villains worthy of redemption, Corey Davis, Sort of, kind of, maybe. He might have that heroic, like, you know how some, t- like a Darth Vader type redemption where, I mean, he, he is redeemed for like, like really, next year. like really like many movies down the road, like really, you know, he, he, yeah, many movies down the road or like, you know, he has that five minutes of glory where he tosses the emperor down the, and then he dies. So like sort of a redemption. So maybe he like saves you in week 15. Maybe I'm being too harsh on Darth Vader. Also, no, by the I mean, way, he's a villain. Also, like, by the way, when? Le'Veon Bell, like, if you're going to tweet out a Darth Vader quote, maybe don't tweet out the Anakin Skywalker Hayden Christensen, who is the biggest weenie of all time in that role. And, like, also, like, right before, like, right after he says that, he gets his entire body chopped off. Not not great, bro. All right. So what? Uh, give yeah, me so the I, no, I'm, too, I'm too big. I'm too cool to be at Comic-Con. Thank you very much. You do have, like, a poster of Star Wars. I have all three of the originals framed. in my apart framed in my apartment, which again, very cool guy, Matt Harmon <laughs> over here. <laughs> Devin Funches, I think we are saying that this is an unfair yep. villainy. Right? Yep. Yep. Marquis Goodwin, kind of same thing. Yes. Leonard Fournette, though, are we? Leonard Fournette uh, is like Two Face. It's flip of a coin. Yeah. Harvey we Dent don't know. style. Like. If you if 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 Harvey Dent was here to flip the coin for us, if we were going to live, he, one of us is getting shot and the other is not. But you're not into comic book movies. Well, The Dark Knight, I think, is one of the the best movies ever made. Great. You want to tell me more about it? Yeah, I mean, Brett's <laughs> like no. <laughs> Heath Ledger kills it. I would wager, Matt Harmon, that you know much more about dork culture, nerd culture, than you care to admit. And I would do it using. The odds in Vegas. Nailed.
the transition. Not the analysis, but you've nailed the transition. <laughs> um, I would just say, look, do I like to watch some of the movies and take in some of the media? Sure. But do I need to go to a freaking festival or a convention about <laughs> a it? Festival. It's not like Ren Fair. No well, one's going no, to I don't need. Fair. I don't like large gatherings of humans, freaks in general. So I certainly don't need to be there for that. You work in football. That and is you a know, large and, gathering and let, me, of- and let me tell you. Let me, ta- let, let me tell, tell you. you what, I'll Liz, tell you Liz, what, Matt Harmon. FSTA or FSGA, whatever it's called. I'm not all that. Matthew, one of us brought you Gatorade and Advil because you had so much fun. Yes, but that was at the after hours when you can consolidate the group of people that you're around. But in terms of the entire, look, you know what? You're a f- dork, Matt. Just lean into I'm not, it. Again, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that like, I would never go to an event like Comic-Con ever. In fact, I had the opportunity to go with one of the dork boys here at work and said, hard no. Hard pass. Hard pass. Well, let's talk about some divisional futures. Let's talk about some <laughs> let's talk about some That's player wrong. props we don't wanna That's we wrong. don't wanna pass on. Because they're too good to pass up, Liz. How about passing touchdowns, Liz? I'm just transitioning us at a whirlwind speed right now. <laughs> so most passing touchdowns in the 2019 season. I am looking at this list and now I'm trying to figure out how to, since this is an audio, this is audio content, uh, convey to you. But basically the top five per Vegas assumed pass, most plentiful passers will be Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, and then at number six, Ben Roethlisberger. If you look at the odds on these players, like I think the best way to do this, like also it's interesting, right? That Baker Mayfield's number five. That Vegas is all in on this experience. Yeah. And I mean, it, Baker Mayfield is QB5 by ADP, too. For fantasy. For fantasy. But you look at Drew Brees, who's number 10 at mm. plus 2,000. Oh, that's interesting, right? Like, maybe we always say that the people in the desert know what they're doing. So you and I had takes on Drew Brees that I know I got crushed for months ago because like how could you dare say anything about drew Brees's efficiency and his arm and his and his age like but who was crushing you for that you can't touch drew Brees. like you can't you can't touch him and i think it's because people are still attached to this old thought of who he was and they didn't properly watch the tape as his 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 old arm was <laughs> falling apart last year he said it <laughs> i mean it's just the reality of the situation what we saw late last year was a quarterback that looked like he was slowing down and the offense was becoming more run-focused. By the way, this is was a run-heavy offense last year. So you're asking Breeze if you want to take him really... Now, to be fair, I like drafting Drew Breeze in fantasy because he's getting cheap. Like ninth, 10th round Drew Breeze, maybe, in a, in a best ball committee situation. But I, I'm, high, I'm sky high on Alvin Kamara. I think he should be the first overall pick in fantasy drafts. In terms drafts. of the betting, though... Andrew Luck's at plus 450, and so is Patrick Mahomes. They're tied. Yeah. And then Roethlisberger's at 1,800, and Baker Mayfield's at plus 1,400. So I would say, if I'm looking at this, if I had $500 at my disposal, why don't I just spend 500 bucks and know that I could end up making 1,400, 1,800? If I put 100 bucks on the top five each, I'm going to return on value here, and it's going to be a wash. And if you also want the fantasy spin here, too, of these guys, all of them are expensive except one, and that's Ben Roethlisberger, who is sixth on this list in terms of odds to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns. But QB 16, 
by ADP. So either the fantasy community is wrong about Ben Roethlisberger and what's to come this year or Vegas is. Maybe Vegas has more hope in his past, in that Dante Moncrief drumbeat, baby. And I mean that they would, I think there's a sense in fantasy and I, I kind of tend to think this is true that they're going to take the air out of the ball a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that would lead to obviously less passing touchdowns, but historically the Steelers have been one of the most pass heavy teams in the NFL. Vegas could be wrong. Let's look at most passing yards in the NFL. Same, same top five, but I thought number six was interesting. It's Jameis Winston with plus 1,000. Well, different top five because Mayfield's out of there and oh, Roethlisberger's up at five instead of six. Sure. Yeah, it's like the funny thing is you would think that Jameis is like a sneaky wager here, but he's not. He's like he's up there because I think fantasy community is buying in on Jameis Winston. Well, they're buying in the Bucks passing offense. I mean, everything is kind of cooking for this to be a pass-heavy team. And Winston, I think, could, could you know, mess around and, and, and like lead the NFL in passing yards, and that wouldn't be surprising at all. Do you have any kind of like sneaky – ones on this list well i i mean that was my interesting one i think that if you want to really mess around with this here i think jared goff Ugh. 11 at plus three plus three thousand you know who's not even on the list but is interesting mitchell trubisky i i mean now you're just trolling me no i'm not I'm you're just, just jared goff I, and mitchell trubisky but, loza that's those are your options <laughs> sorry what about, do you want sorry about that but i think that also like if you look at the Bears right now, and there's a couple different ways to look at it, right? Like last year, they were a pretty run-heavy team, but an efficient offense because of their historically efficient defense or historic, especially turnovers. We all know that stuff doesn't regress, roll over. Right? Like, cool, you're buying in on the Bears, like, and their defense tough. They're going to regress. It's just what happens. That is just the way it works. You don't. That stuff does not carry over year over year. If they really fall backwards then they're definitely not going to run the ball that much. And then I think that this passing offense can be really good because I think they have really good weapons and I think they have a really good coach. Now, could that be sort of like some hollow passing yards from Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I think so. But I think just crazy odds. I mean, he's not even on the list here. Mm-hmm. I think just Mitchell Trubisky is a good sleeper pick at quarterback right now. I think that's – but I also think the position is so deep that you don't need to bother with it. No, I mean, you're you're doing it only in like – Two QB leagues. Two QB best ball, whatever. Like I also don't think Jared Goff is is like scoring thirty touchdowns this year. Well, I don't yeah, but this is just yards. This is yards, but yeah. I, and that's just a situation like hey, he's if they're not run- a QB one. He's QB fourteen, he's QB thirteen. Pro- like, probably. Probably, but I think there's a scenario just again, odds wise, where their defense is not that good. Their defense is more based on like causing havoc to the quarterback and creating turnovers and sacks. Their run game obviously is not going to be as good as it was last year because Todd Gurley is has a knee thing. And what if Daryl Henderson is not good? Like they could just ha- be forced to throw the ball more. And they do run a high volume. Yeah, but of did plays. you watch down the stretch? Jared Goff like got the yips yeah, like nobody's no, business. And now that that clue is out for opposing defense. I mean, that's my biggest problem with the Rams is that they made me feel a certain way. And then like when the lights were the brightest, they just couldn't couldn't do couldn't it. Do it. And that's, you know, like, ugh, such a letdown. But Problematic. Yeah. Most rushing touchdowns in the 2019 NFL season. I th- So the top four, top two, very interesting. Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley. And then 
Derrick Henry at number four. That is a surprise to me. The God himself. I mean, if I think that they're going to lead the NFL in rushing attempts, Derrick Henry certainly could be a good bet to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns. I mean, Vegas says it. So that I kind of don't want. I mean, this is an interesting way looking at Vegas to inform fantasy decisions, but he's above Nick Chubb. He's above James Conner. He's above Alvin Kamara. He's above Le'Veon Bell and Marlon Mack. And Chris, I love that Christian McCaffrey is at 10. Love yeah. that. I mean, that makes sense, though. Sure. But I don't think the average fantasy player would be like, no, 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 he's going to. Yeah, I mean, I just think the more I think about Derrick Henry, the more like I think he's just going to smash this year. Rushing yards, same crossover. Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry. Interesting that Vegas is not as bearish on Todd Gurley as the fantasy community. No, they're not. Um, you know who stuck out to me immediately on this list was number 20. Miles Sanders? No. Num- Aaron Jones? Miles Sanders. That he's on this list. Well, that is interesting. Yeah, I know. That he's number 17. To me, was Aaron Jones. Like, at 20, I think that's a really good bet. Uh, t- plus 4,000 odds to lead the NFL in rushing yards. I was never all that jazzed about Aaron Jones previously because, it's like, everybody's like, his talent! And I'm like, who cares? Because he doesn't get all the work. But I think he's probably going to get all the work this year. And I believe this. I believe in this rushing offense. I believe in his fit in this rushing offense. He has questions for sure, but at plus 4,000 odds, I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. My surprise was Miles Sanders at plus also 4,000 odds, ranked 17. I was just surprised he made the list. I mean, the Jordan Howard hate continues even in the desert. Anything else you want to touch on, Matthew? No, I mean, the receiver ones are all pretty, like, standard to me. Julio Jones lead the NFL in receiving yards. Cool, he's going to do that again, plus 375. Devontae Adams ahead of DeAndre Hopkins in terms of number of touchdowns, where they both are at plus 1,200. And then Travis Kelsey, not even a receiver, expected to also at plus 1,200. So Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Travis Kelsey all at plus 1,200 odds to catch the most receiving touchdowns next year. You know, I, th- I did think it was interesting that, like, in terms of most receiving yards, uh, plus uh, 7,500 odds and 17th on the receiving yards list was Deshaun Jackson. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, hey, 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 wait, whoa, Deshaun Jackson, what year is this? What year is this? It's 2019. We are heading into the 2019 season. We'll be back with more pod next week. Brett. Are we going to two pods per week next week? No, not next week, but the week after. Starting on August 6th, Tuesday, we're going to be twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays during August. And then once the games start, we'll be Fridays and Mondays. We'll be our usual, like, yeah, this usual sort of Thursday evening, Friday morning. We're not moving away from that. Thursday evening. And then once the season starts, we'll be coming at you towards the end of the games on Sunday night. And Matt, you still have your Rookie Orientation pod. Yes, Rookie Orientation is still available uh, every Monday um, promptly, uh, and it's exciting. I, I think it's cool that we're, we're kind of winding the series down. Brett has taken a big role now and uh, crushed it with our Greedy Williams episode where Liz Loza was also the real star of the show. Liz Loza was like, I'm, you know, one of the best moments of my editing career was editing the segment where Liz Loza was comparing Greedy Williams to 
to uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was tremendous work by you two. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for uh, thank, thank you, Matt, for, for inviting us do. into your playground and allowing us to be part of. Can your I make it? Can I make an announcement about oh podcast? Not pod- that stupid Facebook group. No, a podcast related announcement. Sure. Thank you very much, Liz. A uh, podcast related announcement. I was told today that you can now listen to all of your Yahoo Sports podcasts on the Alexa. And yes. I- it's a skill. So it's in the skills part of the Alexa yeah, thing. Skill, it's called Yahoo Sports yep. Podcast Player. You I can was, say. Sorry, I apologize. That's that's okay, no, no, that's you. okay. Yeah, so you can, you, you, uh, yeah, I put, I put it on the outline because uh, Jonah was showing, one of our engineering masterminds here was, was showing me this morning. So I was like, oh, I'll talk about it on the podcast today because if you have an Alexa now, you can just have Liz Loza and Matt Harmon screaming at you from your Alexa about fantasy football and stuff. And do you want to talk about this? lovely facebook group that you, you've created it? you brought it up uh well, i was hoping matt would edit that i mean not the other one brett would right. edit that out yeah we got a facebook group uh the fantasy i mean fo- you're pushing it real hard so the fantasy football survival kit oh 359 69 natch that's and now it's over 400 uh we've got in in just uh less than a week now we've got over 400 uh members it's been fun and i would say follow at matt Harmon underscore byb at Liz Loza underscore FF and at Yahoo Fantasy. I think we'll have a cool live podcast at some point next week with some cool special guests. Teaser. Exciting. Seriously, you, you people out there, you will be excited. You can also call our voicemail if you want any sort of advice from us. It's 888-85-YAHOO. That is it. And we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.